G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, oftentimes it's good to celebrate a life and not everyone has the opportunity to put their life story into a book. Sometimes you think, well, maybe I haven't got enough to share. Well, some people live very, very full lives and they could fill many books and someone with a story to tell on every day of the week almost is our old friend Ron Watts. Ron, you'll recognise as one of the pilots with MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship. Well, he's gotten to a point where after 40 years serving in MAF, he's been able to release his book, which is called Crosswinds, Life on the Wing. And he tells his story and includes his passion for serving Jesus along that journey. He's joining us now. Hello, Ron. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. It's good to be here. Well, Ron, usually we're talking about breaking some sort of record or uh, some special opening with Mission Aviation Fellowship, and what a privilege it is to be able to talk to you about a book uh, that has your life story in it. Uh, What's the reason for getting these stories all in between the covers? My, My dad, who actually died a few years ago, was the one that said I should put it down in writing, Neil, and... Sadly, he didn't live to see it. So, but I, I finally got round to it, and I dedicated last year, pretty much all of 2014, to writing my life story. And uh, it took uh, the manuscript took about eight months to write, and it's about 80,000 words. And uh, it, uh, it was pretty full on, I might say. Uh, it's it's a big job writing a, a book I've discovered, but it was an enjoyable experience too. Not everyone like you has been able to jump into a plane and uh, traverse the great outback expanses uh, as you've been able to do, and you've led a very full life. Let me take you back to uh, the first time when you really committed your life to Christ, when you became a Christian, when you decided to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, going right back to Billy Graham's visits to Australia. Well, that's right. Uh, you know, growing up in the 1950s and 60s, I, like probably a lot of kids my age, went off to Sunday school because our parents sent us there. And then Sunday school kind of led to youth group. But even so, I my understanding of the gospel was rather hazy. And I guess I would not say at that stage I was a Christian. I was a, I believed in God. I kind of thought the Bible was a special book, but how it all really hung together didn't really happen until Billy Graham's crusade in Sydney in 1968. And uh, fortunately for me, I suppose our whole youth fellowship decided we would go. And so uh, I was in at the Sydney showground, and I remember that evening very clearly. I remember Billy, I could hardly see him, he was so far away. But I could hear his words, I could hear the way that he was explaining, particularly John 3.16, 
which uh, our listeners will be familiar with. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. And it was that, it was, it was that evening that I, it really started to gel for me and I decided that I would make a commitment Ron, after you'd given your life to Christ at a Billy Graham crusade, 1968, how did you get onto the pathway of actually becoming a pilot and a pilot involved in Christian missions? Well, I guess way before my conversion experience, uh, I'd always loved aviation. I grew up in a part of Sydney that was right near the airport and the aeroplanes were in the sky all the time. And I think that's where it probably stemmed from. So I'd love aeroplanes and flying. I had my first flight in an aeroplane in 1960 when I was just 11 and I think I was hooked from that moment on. When I left school I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'd just become a Christian. I uh, began engineering in fact at university but it didn't seem to be what I wanted to do long term and through an interesting sequence of events which which I explain in the book, I was given the opportunity of flying in a mission aircraft up in Arnhem Land. And from that moment on, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I uh, began to learn to fly with a view to serving as a mission pilot. So, uh, But readers will, you know, people will need to buy the book and, and read that story. It is, uh, for me, it was just an amazing work of God in my life at that particular point. In fact, Mission Aviation Fellowship has been a part of our Australian history through the 20th century, and uh, they were functional there in Arnhem Land. You got to ride on one of the planes, and eventually uh, moving into being a pilot with MAF and working in a bunch of areas uh, throughout Arnhem Land and uh, and into other Aboriginal communities. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, we, we lived in Arnhem Land for about five years, uh, living in a, a couple of different locations. Um, I, I wound up as uh, the general manager of MAF uh, in, in Arnhem Land uh, before we then moved to uh, commence the Alice Springs program, which was 1980, uh, that commenced in 1982. And so we, we moved from uh, the tropical north to the uh, arid centre of Australia and uh, that, that was uh, quite a, a different program but one in, in a sense the same serving remote communities using light aircraft. And of course it's not just the outback and central Australia in the desert areas uh, that you've served, you also pastored a church on Norfolk Island. That's correct. Uh, as many missionary families do we took a time away from serving in a, uh, in a remote missionary situation when our kids were kind of coming up to high school age. I actually got ordained into the Anglican ministry in, in Sydney and served in a couple of churches and wound up on Norfolk Island, which was quite a, an interesting assignment, one that we really enjoyed, and Uh, being able to minister both to the island people and also to the many, many tourists that came to the island was just a a, a privilege and, and quite a unique experience. 
We're talking with Ron Watts. Ron's book is called Crosswinds. It tells his story, Life on the Wing. Ron, a long-time pilot, 40 years with Mission Aviation Fellowship. Ron Watts, our guest, will continue our conversation in just a short while. We're taking an opportunity to hear the story of Ron Watts. Uh, Ron has recorded his story in a book called Crosswinds, Life on the Wing, and it covers his life, but most uh, focused onto his 40 years serving as an MAF pilot. MAF stands for Mission Aviation Fellowship. Ron, your book is full of stories uh, over a 40-year expanse of time. A lot of things happen. Uh, So from those earlier years, what sort of stories can you identify? Because MAF involved in an awful lot of different types of work, working with missionaries and uh, all sorts of medical evacuations. What are the stories that stand out in your mind most? Uh, Well, Neil, I remember one, and I think it was about 1978, when we were uh, operating out of Owen Pelly and Owen Pelly is surrounded by a number of small communities, we call them outstations, where quite a few people live now. Uh, they're, not, they're not big places and the housing is quite basic, but it, it means that uh, the Aboriginal people there can live in their tribal lands and uh, the, a very important part of what MAF do is, is supporting them, particularly through the wet season when, when the roads are cut. <clears throat> I remember on one occasion uh, I'd, I'd been doing some... It was kind of a day off, I think, but I'd, and I was working on the car and then there was this call f- from the office that, one, in fact, he was one of my friends, an Aboriginal guy called Peter Monagali, out on an outstation called Table Hill, had been shifting some sheets of old corrugated iron and somehow managed to be bitten by quite a number of uh, redback spiders. Now, I guess maybe one redback spider bite is not life-threatening, but uh, poor old Peter was bitten by many of them and he was in, in, in quite a bad way, losing consciousness. Now, Table Hill's about a half-hour flight from Owen Pelly and I quickly raced down to the hangar. Uh, fortunately, the aircraft had fuel in it and uh, I didn't bother changing the clothes. I just uh, climbed in and off I went. So I was probably at Table Hill only, you know, 40 minutes after receiving the SOS call. We loaded Peter in. He was really, really sick by this stage and I uh, had to leave all the other guys behind because I had no seats in the aircraft that had been cleared out for freight work, so there was just a pilot seat there. So I laid out Peter on the floor, strapped him in as best I could. I had no proper stretcher, and off we went. Now, the hospital back at Owen Pelly knew he was coming. They had um, treatment ready for him. And so really only an hour and a half after uh, we'd received this call, Peter was in the hospital at Owen Pelly and uh, receiving the treatment that probably saved his life. So uh, there's a, actually a, a picture of, of Peter in the book, having recovered from his experience, and uh, he's with the uh, HF radio that was used to call for his uh, medical evacuation. So that's really one that stands out for me, which is why I guess I included it uh, in Crosswinds. And, of course, there are many stories uh, in MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, where you are dealing with 
the issues that missionaries face, but also in these medical evacuations. And there are many, many stories to tell. Uh, let's come back to one of the stories that uh, you will be famous for for a long time. And this is the story uh, that we heard just recently talking about the new plane for Timor-Leste. You had the joy of being the pilot that flew this new plane into Timor-Leste, the old East Timor, uh, and uh, to increase the number of aircraft that the whole country has. Yes, I actually went as co-pilot. Brad Ballon was the guy that did most of the flying, and uh, he's uh, currently serving pilot and engineer, uh, and based both in Mariba and also he does uh, flying in Arnhem Land as well. Yes, so we we ferried the new aircraft from Mariba, our maintenance base, which is just west of Cairns, across to Timor-Leste. It took 11 hours. Uh, the, well, it was broken up into um, four separate flights, but that, that was just a, a fabulous experience to see that brand-new um, aircraft on the ground there at Dili Airport and ready to serve the people in the years ahead. And Ron, we've told the story already, but you were largely responsible for a big chunk of the fundraising that got that aircraft uh, into commission and there into Timor-Leste, and that is in your record-setting uh, taking-off-and-landing challenge that you did uh, just a couple of years ago. Just remind us of those details. We, we decided that we needed to do something that was a bit different and but something that involved aeroplanes and something that drew attention to what MAF does. That is, we take off and land an awful lot of times. Uh, in fact, our statistic is that every three minutes an aer- uh, MAF aeroplane is taking off or landing somewhere in the world. And so we, we came up with this idea of setting an Australian record and, and matching that every three-minute statistic with a day's flying. Now, we did it out at Parks Aerodrome in November uh, 2013. In fact, it was to mark the 40th anniversary of MAF's uh, commencement of service in Arnhem Land. Now, um, I guess having come up with the idea, I I thought I'd better be the guy that did it. So we set uh, a target of 140 takeoffs and landings. Um, I guess the 40 picking up on the 40 years of MAF in Arnhem Land. And by God's grace, we managed to do it. And the amazing part, Neil, was that people were so generous towards MAF on that occasion. We needed to raise about 200000 to complete the payment on that aeroplane that's just gone up to Timor-Leste. We received in donations and, and sponsorship... $191,000 and we were just so thankful to God, so thankful to his people, so thankful to the uh, people who place such confidence in uh, what MAF are doing. Well, it's an amazing effort, Ron, and of course now the people in Timor-Leste are the beneficiaries of your fundraising and of course the delivery of that aircraft just recently. Uh, Ron, a lot of experiences recorded in your book Uh, 40 years with MAF, it is your life story. It tells everything from milk runs uh, to those medical evacuations to the churches that you've had associations with. You've got photos of your friends uh, who are throughout this book and uh, just a great uh, tribute to your life story. 
Let me ask you before I let you go, Ron, is there room for new MAF pilots uh, to start a career with MAF uh, in the years to come that'll be beyond your years? Uh, what are your thoughts on new pilots uh, coming up into MAF? Well, I guess from my point of view, there is there, there will be few things that a young man that's got an interest in aviation and who's a Christian, few things better that he could do other than serve with MAF. There, there are just so many opportunities for people to use aviation skills, and I might just say not just pilots but engineers as well, and other people that have might have skills in you know, accounting or um, IT or uh, management. So, so it's not just yeah, we're not just talking about pilots. We're talking <clears throat> talking about all the roles that go together to enable an airline, in fact a large airline, uh, mass worldwide operate 140 aircraft and it's a very sophisticated operation and a large one. In fact we fly to more destinations than any other airline in the world. So anyone that has that kind of aptitude and um, motivation and drive, I suggest they contact MAF and uh, they can easily do it by uh, going to the website and, and following links there. And just inquiring about the possibility of serving with this um, aviation and technology ministry, it really does just do such a great job. I suspect there are few people who've seen the real Australia that you have seen. And when you talk about the sophisticated network of flights that happen with MAF, even noting in your book there is a map there, a map of Australia that shows the different aerodromes that are used in some of the routes flown that you've described throughout your book and a wonderful history and a wonderful tribute to your service for MAF. The book is called Crosswinds. Life on the Wing. It's the life story of Ron Watts. Uh, we've been hearing of Ron's exploits, and if you'd like to get a hold of Ron's story, simply contact MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, and uh, they'll be able to get the supply of that book for you. Uh, Ron Watts, just a pleasure talking. Thanks so much for telling your story today here on 2020. Uh, it's been great uh, speaking to you, Neil, and uh, sharing some of the uh, um, stuff that's gone into the making of uh, Crosswinds. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.